0: Got this in pocket. Got battle. I am going to use it Intention. I'm feeling mental. Gonna make you, make you, make you more tense. Got motion. Rest motion. I've been diving, Detailing and no reason.
1: Great to Branson and hot tenders at 841 on your Wednesday morning. Been a great show already. Dove hiking. the mayor, Eric Adams. Who else um, was on? the oh, O'Brien Kilmeade was on this morning. You okay? <laughs> I am okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean... If it's punishment for you, is we take the phone and put it eighteen feet away from you for a little bit. What? Nothing. I mean, you just—it's like the biggest toy in the world for you. My phone. Yeah, it's like it's like putting a spinning wheel in front of a cat. I I want to see what would happen if we just took away your phone and locked that door for the four hours. What would happen to me? I I don't know. I'd start hitting your head against the wall during the (laughs) break. He would, after he had hives, yeah, you would have all kinds well, right, your of your head reactions. might explode. By the way, I don't pick the music for uh, for the guests on the show. I'm just saying. I'm just saying I don't pick the music. Lewis uh, does a great job okay, with that. Well, well, right, we we just we just made that sound what? like it's an insult. Well, got, he's he's, bad, he's, I've gotten I've is. gotten in trouble with something or whatever. This again, something I didn't do. But well, well, just tell me, what is it? Is <laughs> it a hip hop parade? It's going to hold it for like twenty minutes. No, and tell fine. Me That's was fine. It, was it hip hop parade? Yes. Who didn't like it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Peter King loves the pretenders, I can tell you that. He loves the pretenders. <laughs> uh, now I don't pick the music. Picks the music? <laughs> well, Miranda, first time you don't take credit for it. When, yeah. when Miranda Devine compliments or, you know, Oh, you do a great job. Or, you, you you seem to find Australian music every time. I don't or, know how you do it. Or Linda you know. Cohn goes, wow, who picked that? <laughs> oh, well, you know, Lou and I are always picking these things together. Yeah. Uh, then yeah. I jump right in. Now, now I suck. Okay, no, I, I didn't say that. I think you're great. Uh, Congressman Peter King, your thoughts on the pretenders?
0: You like that song? Yeah, actually, my son just, just, my son just texted me about the pretenders. Now, is that a shot at me? You're saying I'm a pretender, I'm a phony? <laughs> is that it? You set me up here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you and not I never yeah, trust either one of you over the years. Yeah. Now with the two of you together again, it's really bad. Yeah, it's, I know. It was
1: Sid's pick. <laughs> it, was no, it was not, not my Sid. pick. Yeah. Um, so, listen, I, I saw all of your Facebook posts the last couple of days, and I know that you become really friendly. I don't know how you did it with Donnie Wahlberg, and I guess you know Tom Selleck for many, many years, too, this whole cast of Blue Bloods. And it looks like you and your lovely wife and Melissa Zim were back on the uh, back on the set just a couple days ago.
0: Yeah, I've been there a few times. Actually, I think it started through Steve Sharipper and he was uh, traveling with different people on the uh, show, obviously. And uh, so I started going, I guess, back in 2018 at their uh, set down in Greenpoint. There again, 2019. Two years ago, they were shooting out in Bayville at a gas station, and I was there. And, uh, and, and you know, then the other day, Republic. They're great guys. Donnie's a terrific guy. Uh, I've met Tom Selleck, obviously, a number of times. Uh, Kevin Wade, who's the overall guy there, he's he's terrific. And it's just, a, it seems, listen, you know, you get behind the scenes sometimes. You see the people aren't really that good, or they don't get along. This seems to be a great, great family. I mean, you get along a lot better than you guys get along in the studio. I'll tell I mean, you that. Know, there's no Pat you go running around. There's no Justin Ellick. You know, Lurafino's not putting on Dopey songs and all that, and you're not complaining about your life. So right, it was right. great being there. I was, I was away from you for one one whole morning. It was terrific. Well, but Melissa Rosemary loved it. Melissa loved it. No, a, uh, Melissa, Donnie Melissa Wahlberg's always a great guy.
1: Yeah, she said he's a great guy, but she said, and I quote, "He's no Sid Rosenberg." That's what she said about Donnie Wahlberg.
0: She, Funny because she said to Donnie Warburg, you know, Sid Rosenberg, so I don't know what's <laughs> going on. You know, it's back and forth. You know, yeah, People play one off against the other. Funny. Uh, but last funny. night I was at Chaz Palmentieri's restaurant, too, with John McLaughlin. who, by the way, he was, he was from my pollster for 28 years, but he's also uh, yeah. Donald Trump's main poster. Yeah, I know that.
1: Uh, were you at the uh, Palmentieri restaurant in the city or the one in uh, Westchester?
0: These White Plains. Usually I go White to the one in the city, but this yeah. one. Since McLaughlin uh, lives up in Rockland County, we met him halfway, so we went to uh, White Plains. And Jez Jez is a great guy, terrific great guy. guy. No, but yep. getting back to Blue Bloods, that is such a good show. I mean, with all the shots being taken of cops over the last few years, they really stayed strong and they give an honest, you know, depiction of what the NYPD has to go through. And it's great, you know, talking with them and being with them. And again, they couldn't be more friendly on the set. And uh, Anyway, it was just a you know, you know, great morning. Rosemary loved it. Melissa loved it. And uh, Donnie Wahlberg, just, again, the easiest guy in the world to talk with.
1: No, he, he is. And uh, it's a great show. And it's a very, very, uh, very factual show. It's very, very real, which is why that show continues to have great success, talking about police and that drama. Well, you just heard the mayor, Eric Adams, on with me, talking about police and the drama here in New York. And, you know, again, people are still very upset. Crime is up. If you talk to the mayor in his office, crime is down. In a lot of categories. Other folks tend to, no, no, I got the numbers right in front of me. That's not true. The numbers are up and the subways are still unsafe. And just seems like a lot of folks are not ready, willing, and able yet to give the mayor any any real leeway here on fixing this city. I say it all the time. Look, if Rudy was in charge right now, maybe he would do a better job. Rudy's a proven great mayor. But I don't know. That's how bad Bill de Blasio left this city. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, Obviously, the city was in bad shape. I think the mayor was going in the right direction. I I, could, I, I do think he could do more, though. Like, for instance, when Rudy came in, you know, he really broke all in China. He just went down, did what he had to do. I think sometimes Eric Adams, he, he says the right thing, starts to do the right thing, but then he always throws in the disclaimer that the cops have to be fair, the cops have to be just. Well, they are. I mean, once you start explaining or excusing the cops, somehow, like, you're uh, not really standing with them. So I think it's important that he not keep... Uh, uh, you are modifying what he says. You should be saying the cops are out there, they're, they're doing a good job. The neighborhood should appreciate them. And then, you know, don't throw this qualifier in, you know, so long as they do the job right. They do the job right 99% of the time. And to me, you shouldn't always be equivocating like that. But listen, uh, there's definitely progress being made. I think, as you know, the police commissioner, Keyshawn Sewell, is doing a great job. I think the cops uh, have, have more faith in what's going on right now, you know, in the leadership. And also, i got to say, you know, the mayor does not take cheap shots. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that he should be more definitive and not somehow always put a qualifier on it.
1: All right, fair enough. I want to talk to you about this document scandal because now it's got legs everywhere. John Katsimatidis sent me a story this morning that Jimmy Carter has documents. Now we know Mike Pence, despite what he said a couple of weeks ago, he's got documents. So we heard for a while after Trump was caught that, hey, everybody does it. That's everybody's favorite statement. Everybody does it turns out, Peter King, I guess,
0: everybody really does, does it. <laughs> right? I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, first of all, I think Trump handled it wrong by resisting so much and fighting back. But then, uh, obviously, the Biden administration overdid it by sending in the FBI. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it should be that big an issue. Listen, Donald Trump is not going to be putting you know documents in eBay. He's not going to be selling them and, or anything. And there's no evidence at all, even thought that he was giving them to anybody else. To me, it was was careless. And then I think they came to him and they said, hey, we want these back. And he was saying, screw you or they're mine. And so you played into the Trump ego there. But with Biden, the concern I have there is, I think I have to look to see, do those documents involve China? Do they involve Ukraine? Is there any uh, uh, cross-pollination between those documents and what uh, Hunter was doing as far as his deals with uh, Ukraine and and, and with China? So that's, to me— is uh, something that really should be looked at. Mike Pence, as you know, he's the most straight hour guy in the world, and I can see staff. Yeah, you, know, you have to get out of the White House and uh, out of your office in so many weeks, uh, and they went through it you know, as carefully as they could. You got thousands of documents, thousands of records, and I guess in one of the cartons there were some, uh, you know, top secret documents or whatever. So, and you know, Mike Pence certainly he had no intention of doing anything with them. Uh, also, the irony is with Donald Trump and all those top-secret documents, I don't think he read them when he was president, so he certainly <laughs> wouldn't be reading them now. I think it was more just a question of, uh, you know, you the mind, you're not getting them back. But with Biden, the only one I think that could be potentially serious, we'll have to see how it works out, is is there any connection between the documents that he kept and what Hunter Biden was doing as far as uh, uh, Ukraine and China? And also, there is a difference. I mean, you know, the documents in mar they were in a room, they were locked, the FBI I'd actually put the lock on the uh, the, the door where the documents were. We, as we see in Joe Biden's case, they were thrown around his garage. So I uh, that there is a little you know a, you know more than a little bit of a difference there. But uh, overall, listen, uh, probably if you go back to Abraham Lincoln, you'd find some documents right, somewhere in his right. home. Uh, of course, FDR, Harry Truman. I mean, Eisenhower. It's, uh, uh, and also, you know, like uh, uh, any of the presidents who have these libraries, the LBJ Library. I'm sure there's some documents in there from Vietnam that still may be, you know, declared top secret or something. So I wouldn't overestim- uh, overdo it other than Biden seemed very reluctant to tell the full story. And is there any connection between that and uh, Hunter Biden? So I guess
1: there's another George Santos story. <laughs> he's telling people or he told people he was mugged in New York City and his life was threatened and they just keep coming. And look, the fact is he's lied time and time again, and there have been no repercussions. He's been sworn in. He's been put on two committees. So, you know, it's nice that Joe Cairo was yelling and screaming and Bruce Blakeman is yelling and screaming, and even us, Peter King
0: and Sid Rosenberg, are yelling and screaming. But the
1: truth is, nothing's happened.
0: Nothing. Yeah, well, legally, you can't do anything until you show he's committed a crime, a federal crime, or he's done something in Congress. All those lies he told was before he got to Congress, and the people elected him. And there's, unfortunately, there's no, maybe fortunately, there's no crime you know, just for lying, per se. However, uh, I think where they may get him is, and he's already sort of backtracking now, you have to file very detailed reports about your financial contributions, where they come from, how you got them. And he just put in cavalierly, uh, totally, uh, he donated $700,000 from his own personal fortune to the campaign. There's no way he had 700 grand. Now, was he just being a straw man for somebody else? Was money being laundered through him. So now he's changed. He's amended it as a, a, a campaign report to say that the $700,000, only 200000 of that is his own money. The other five hundred came from somewhere else. Where did it come from? I mean, you know, it's come from money. It's about money laundering or uh, uh, oligarchs and people putting up to it you know, uh, to use that money. There's no way a guy who was evicted from his apartment in Sunnyside in Whitestone uh, and was making fifty five grand a year would be able to suddenly donate $700,000 to his campaign. Right. So somewhere that money came from. And if they can show that he was hiding that, that is a federal crime. That that can uh, justify him being uh, thrown out of Congress. I think it's a disgrace. I think the guy is a total fraud. Listen, I, uh, you and I have met people who lie, who exaggerate, whatever. This guy's whole life is a lie. Everything <laughs> about him is a lie. He's a total fraud. He's a wacko. He
1: is. Uh, Brian Kilmeade was with Pat Ryder last night. And you're gonna, yeah, you're going to hear Brian, Brian Kilmeade say later on this morning on the show we have to mind, Pat Ryder is the best, I guess, small town. He's not really a small town, that's a county, but the best small town police commissioner in the country. That's what Brian Kilmeade's going to say. How about that?
0: No, uh, he's a great police commissioner. I mean, you say small town. I mean, yeah, you know, an a police department is like the 11th and largest in the country. It's larger than Boston. Right. That's you know, all these cities. And all that. It's much larger than that. Uh, no, it's a solid, solid police department, great police department. Pat is, I've known Pat for years. He is a cop's cop. He's a uh, tough cop. He was Keyshawn Sewell's boss in Nassau County. Uh, Pat is, uh, he's one of a kind, and uh, Nassau to realize how lucky they are to have Pat as the commissioner. He's uh, terrific. terrific. And I think probably what happened is you probably could have locked up Brian a few times and let him go. That's why Brian <laughs> saying good things about him. Listen, you know, Brian's almost a neighbor of mine. He's a pain in the ass, but yeah. he's, uh, he's a good guy.
1: <laughs> great guy. As you are, Peter King. And as always, you never disappoint on a Wednesday morning. That was a great conversation. Thank you so much for uh, hopping on. I can't wait to do it again next week, buddy. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, shit You're the man. You're the Bye. man.
1: There he is, the great Congressman Peter King. And, of course... You hear him all week long on this show on Catch at Night. That great joke, 5 p.m. every weekday evening. Peter King. Long live the King.